Hey, Kevin. Hey, Bob. We are Bob and Kevin from the Bob and Kevin Show. This is something we're totally making up on the fly here. Uh, what are we going to talk about today? <laughs> I don't know. We haven't talked about stuff in a long time. We've been uh, off off airs for a minute. If you follow us chronologically, and if you follow us at all, I'd be even surprised. So, you know, however you follow us, I'm just kind of happy, right? Yeah, it's crazy because I was kind of like looking at the numbers the other day and I was like, man, these are abysmal. And then I was like, wait, we've only actually released one episode in the month of May. So I guess well, you get what you get, right? Well, let's, uh, what, what have you been doing during the month of May? If you haven't been podcasting, Bob, that's a really good question. Cause I haven't been going anywhere. Um, maybe outside a little bit, uh, been trying to get back to, Healthier habits, which include some daily exercise, which I hate. Um, watching a lot of uh, New Girl. That's our binge thing right now. Okay. Uh, trying to finish Homeland. Other than that, uh, puzzles. There's always a puzzle going in the Beatty Bar household to I keep our puzzles. minds fresh. <laughs> well, how many pieces of puzzle does, does the Beatty Bar clan attack? So far during the pandemic, uh, we've been, I think we're on our fourth puzzle right now. So pretty much one every couple of weeks. Um, how, how many pieces per puzzle? That's what I'm guessing. 750 is our minimum. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I like a thousand. That's usually our butter zone. You know, it takes us a good week or two. You know, we just kind of, you know, casually come and go. Don't mess with it. Hey, you dropped a piece. You know, all that fun stuff. Some days the puzzle mojo is really good, though. Well, okay. Some days not. Is is there different puzzle strategies or is there just one? And I'll tell you mine. You tell me if it's any different. Step one. Okay. Step one, sort out all of the border pieces and put the border together first. Step two, that find... Feels universal so okay. far. Okay. Step two, find the things that are like, no kidding, one area, they've got to go together. Like super high contrast, you know, you know, you look at the box. By the way, do you look at the picture? Is that allowed? Because if you want to make it really hard, don't look at the picture. How the fuck could you even do without looking at the picture? Well, when we were at our last employee ret retreat. The thoughts and opinions of Bob and Kevin. Of the Bob and Kevin show are exclusively the thoughts of Bob and Kevin. And not the thoughts of their employers. Past, present, and probably not future. Um, our, our bosses, one of the traditions they do is they get a puzzle. So they take a picture of us at the retreat and then that becomes like next year's, um, uh, retreat puzzle. And then now we're doing puzzle inception because now next year's puzzle, or I think this year's puzzle was a puzzle of us doing a puzzle. <laughs> and then, you know, it's just kind oh. of, you know, it's kind of that sort of thing. But one diabolical thing that our chief, uh, boss officer did, she wouldn't let us see the picture. She's like, figure it out. <laughs> And we did. Yes, but you have some pre-context for that type of puzzle without being without having to look at the picture. Yeah, it's not like a so, random landscape photo, you know, that you've got a you know some Bob Ross painting. You're like, I have no idea. They're happy trees and mountains. That's all I know. You know, you're right? It was pictures of us. The current one that we're working on is a nebula. Ooh, that but sounds it's not difficult. Like up yes it's not up close of a nebula it is a very wide shot where a nebula is part of the vast right multicolored purple it's black, all wispy blue. you know uh, you know it's yes. like oh this this purple this kind of looks like that purple oh it's kind of touching a blue over here you know hey well give me that one over here and then you throw it into like the rejects pot now yeah i've tried that one six times so, without the photo that one would be impossible so the nerd in me would be remiss if I didn't ask you which nebula was it or is it? Uh, you know what? I haven't even really looked at the details of the box to know. There's like the horse head nebula, the crab nebula. You've got uh, the pillars of creation. I don't know if this one is even one of the popular ones. Uh, I don't even think this? this is one of the popular ones. Is I'll this a real nebula, Bob, or is this a, is this a fake news nebula? It could be computer generated who the fuck knows all i know is it's really <laughs> difficult um so we've been dragging our feet on it a tiny little bit but the techniques that you've 
outlined and identified so far is the exact process that we use. Okay. So either it's great minds think alike or that is the puzzle process. Well, I, I think we all like independently like discover this method, but I also want to know if there's other methods out there that I'm just like totally like, I don't need another puzzle method. I've got one. I, I think I feel like a lot of people will do the similar groupings right out the gate instead of looking for edge pieces, like start to organize by color and known patterns, like visible patterns, like, oh yeah, this is part, because the one we did previously was baseball themed, like baseball history. And so when you do look at the box, there's definite like quadrants and you could quickly group by color. But a lot of puzzle designers will screw you intentionally by the group by color because they'll do two similar color areas (laughs) or multiple similar color areas. But yeah, I bet you there are some people that jump right into that. So hey, thanks for tuning into Puzzle Chat with Bob and Kevin. Are are you at all a puzzle snob? Like I, it really gets me upset if pieces don't go together very nicely and crisply. You know, because you can get some jigsaw puzzles where you're like, well, I that might go together, but then again, it might not go together. You know, I want to know, especially on together. the vague ones. Yeah, especially on the vague ones, you need the extra tactile reinforcement of this has clicked into place perfectly. Not the, oh, did I maybe push this too hard? Or, you know, yeah, I like a crisp, well fit together. So, yeah, I am kind of puzzle snobbly that it's not that. Sure. Honestly, I have one puzzle manufacturer that I would like to give some serious Bob and Kevin show exposure bucks right here. (laughs) So it's called (laughs) (laughs) Buffalo Games and Puzzles. You have a favorite puzzle yes. manufacturer? Yes, because well, we you're do way more um, than I am. Well, we've got like a ton of like uh like the peanuts gang and they're like mosaic puzzles. So it's a picture but it's a mosaic puzzle. So it's a really di- they're really difficult puzzles. It's a mosaic of a picture. So if you look at the oh, individual wow. like pieces, it's actually ma- made up of like six or seven different like cells from like the the cartoon um uh, peanuts you know and i i think it's i think that's who it's by buffalo games yes and um i really like how the pieces go together with them and uh yeah so uh, buffalo games and puzzles if you'd like to be an official sponsor of the bob and kevin show um probably don't send it to our business email because i don't think we actually check it <laughs> because you know i can't remember uh, the last time i have i should log in and do that you are listening to The Bob and Kevin Show with Bob Beatty Bar and Kevin Gishewski. Each week we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. Find that forgot password function, but you can send us something on social media. We'll definitely get that, right? Yes, at okay. Bob and Kevin Show on so, the tweeters. Puzzles. Hey, wait, there is a technology slant to this, though. Yes. Before we leave puzzles, and the question I have for you is: Do you pay for your puzzles? Um. Yes. Is there some life hack here that you're gonna bestow upon us? In the great pandemic as we like to call it, uh, we have actually found puzzle trading resources on the interwebs. Wait a second. I can already Maybe hear people the, going, how long does puzzle. How long does COVID-19 last in a puzzle piece? <laughs> <laughs> but they're, you know, like, you have a puzzle, take a puzzle, leave a puzzle kind of places. So, right. you know, they advertise on Facebook Marketplace, you know, like, hey, come by grab a puzzle when you're done bring it back or leave a puzzle that you have that you're done with so yeah we we've actually purchased one puzzle nice i i gotta ask how many puzzles have been missing pieces though because i'd hate to get the you know like the last 10 pieces and you know half of them are you know five are missing so like i said during the pandemic we've worked on about four of them three out of four have been ace rock solid two puzzles ago there were two pieces missing Uh. and I couldn't 
actually believe how frustrated and angry that made me. <laughs> so, Bob, do you know how to dispose properly of an American flag that's damaged? I think you burn it. You do. So then the next question is, is how do you properly dispose of a puzzle? Because please tell me you didn't put it back in the pile. Be like, yeah, let somebody else figure it's missing pieces. We did let the owner know that the two that there are two pieces missing, and we're wait, actually waiting to hear back from them if they want it back. They're they're filing a small claims suit against you right now for two <laughs> pieces of cardboard. Hey, it's a tiny apartment. There's no way we could actually lose two pieces of a puzzle. So. Okay, so puzzles. That's what you've been doing during the pandemic instead of yeah. quality technology podcasting. Uh, outdoor stuff. Yeah, and then... Yeah, lots of outdoor stuff. We've been hiking our butts off for sure. Um, one of the lucky, one of the beautiful lucky things of living where we live is that's always a possibility. I see. Well, it's kind of interesting. Um, I do. I I'm a uh, arms dealer of Lego. Yeah, you've been doing some stuff. What do you do? Well, um, there's a connection here with Lego. So I, I buy and sell Lego. I think of it as I'm a Lego. Um, incubator so i buy legos keep them for an obnoxious amount of time then sell them when you can't buy them anymore and for like extremely uh good return rates on them and right now people are totally into puzzles i'll give you that but they're totally into lego as well because if you go to their website right now it's almost completely sold out the entire catalog of lego is sold out you go to target uh, all the good ones are gone at Target, Walmart, but on Lego's website, it's all back order at least 60 days and whatnot. So people uh, are into their Lego because I look at Lego as like a 3D puzzle, humbly. Is that a combination of people into Lego and supply chain problems, do you think? Um, I don't know that there is a supply chain problem unless for some reason things from Denmark aren't coming here. Because I imagine there's an American like factory assemble, you know, like, I don't know what you call it, a Lego factory that makes Lego sets. You know, there's probably an American right, one. Right, but do you think do you think that that factory would be staffed over the past 8 weeks? Uh, yeah, I mean their website does basically say, "Hey, we're it, it's going to take longer." And they come from like Mississippi or Illinois, as far as I know. Yes, I buy a lot of Lego. Um <laughs> <laughs> shamelessly, I buy a lot. Um, but yeah, people I think need to exercise their mind. I think puzzles are good. I think Lego has always historically been a classic 3D toy that I that's I'm still a man child because I still acquire many many of them. Anyway, uh, what else have I been doing? Uh, the wife's been um, forcing me to do uh, hard labor, doing landscaping. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it looks it looks pretty good actually. She's she's done most of the work. Um, I, I do the heavy lifting uh, as far as the uh, move dirt. She she puts the plants in, but we still got some ways to go there. Um, I have a wedding to attend on Saturday, and you may raise an eyebrow. Go wait a second. You're I am raising an eyebrow. <laughs> okay. Well, um, there's going to be no guests. I am there to be able to live stream it for the, uh, the guests. So. Uh, like the I, and how are you going to live stream it? Well, it's going to be at the church. Church is already set up for live stream because of the Sunday service, and we're basically just adding two cameras, different angles. So it's going to be a three camera setup, and it's going to be live streamed on Facebook Live or YouTube or wherever they want it to go. And people are going to be mic'd up, and that's a hashtag wedding during a pandemic, I guess. <laughs> so. Yeah. so What's the how does a guest list change during a pandemic wedding? Does it get bigger? No, I uh, well, you know, how do you how do you yeah, do you invite people and say, you know what, I'd like you to come to my wedding, but you can't come, but you could definitely send me a gift. You know, how, how do you navigate those waters, right? Well, I think you you just don't even pretend that you weren't going to well, I guess this has been planned before the pandemic though, right? I would imagine, yeah. If not, schedule one right now with that strategy. <laughs> yeah, because then you could just send out the good old-fashioned Evite. 2,000 e invitations, and you're just like, <laughs> oh, I can't make it because of COVID-19. Just send me a gift card. I'm registered at Target. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Five bucks a pop. You, you just call it a nice, you know, a pretty conservative average of five bucks a pop. 
get 10 grand if you invite yep. 2,000 people. Fact, I take PayPal for my wedding, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> Simple link, click here. Yeah, so yeah. I think they had a bunch of guests. I, I, I really don't know much about it. I'm, I'm really just there in a technical capacity. Um, but yeah, I think the father's going to give away the bride and, you know, there's very close family members and that's it. Nobody else. Yeah. Figure they keep it to 10 ish and plus church staff. And yeah. So here's a question for you. I think diehard listeners of the show will know that you are bandwidth challenged in the area of the country in which you live. How about the good old house of worship that is in your vicinity? Is that bandwidth challenged as well? So our internet, um, cross section is interesting in this area. If you're a mile into town from where I'm at, so I'm just on the cusp of a little tiny hamlet, 8,000 people, whatever, whatever hamlet is or village or city or whatever. 8,000 people. Really? Is it actually a hamlet? I don't know. There's some technical terms that I'm just throwing around like I know what they mean. (laughs) Anyway, if you go a mile in the town, you, you can get cable internet and 80, 80 meg down, you know, 20 up 50 millisecond latency you know life is good you know back in the back in the way back machine when bob and kevin did live stream that's the internet i was on well now i'm out here uh, uh, you know a mile outside of town uh the cable company's like no we're not gonna run to your house you're just not gonna be worth it to us and i'm like oh but please they're like yeah well, okay well here's a big number if, if you give us a check with this we'll come out and do it and i'm like uh okay well probably not there is fiber. There's many strands of fiber that runs through the backside of my property, but I have a railroad that runs through my property, and it's on which side of the railroad, Bob? The wrong side. Good answer. The wrong side of the tracks, as they say. Right. And then uh, <laughs> my local friend, uh, Brian, he he works at uh, the owner of the fiber company, and he said getting them over the railroad is a literal act of Congress because the railroad just does not want to play. You know, they're just like... What if they go under the railroad? Well, you could go under or over, I imagine, right? Um, but apparently, it's complicated. It's a Facebook relationship status. It's complicated. <laughs> so there's that. So what, what the heck am I using? Well, I, I can get DSL. Max out at 10 meg down and one meg up, which is a functional. You really get about three down and half up. So I don't have that. The next choice is line of sight internet. So basically in rural areas, tall things like grain bins, silos, grain legs, things like that, agriculture things, they have antennas on top of them. And we basically point a dish that looks like a direct TV dish, but it's much more focused, narrow beam. And you and you point it at the tower, and lo and behold, you get your internet from the tower. And then from that tower, there's you know local infrastructure that eventually gets you to the backbone of the internet. So this is a long answer. I'm sorry. Uh, so the house of worship um, is on the same internet as me. However, my brother-in-law was <gasps> gracious, and he's actually shooting. We're doing many hops. So imagine, okay, we leave the church um, wirelessly. We actually hop across the road to his house wirelessly, line of sight. And then we shoot from his house to a tower that I cannot currently see from my property that has a fiber backbone at the bottom of it. So a lot of people say, oh, well, line of sight's not very good. Actually, line of sight can be very good if you can connect to a tower that's got a hard line to somewhere amazing so we're getting 50 milliseconds there seven meg up 30 down and it's not too bad just from hopping across the street just from hopping across the street so and using his line of sight correct yep and we we had to uh, we spent uh, a weekend engineering it he he dropped a good amount of money on it but basically we had to make sure we had to we were high enough so if a uh, 18 wheeler semi, you know, we're coming down the road, but we could still get over it, you know, and, you know, just all these different things, but man, we figured it out and that's what the church is on. So, um, the church actually has got redundant internet. So if that were to fail, we could go to the one that Kevin, me, I am using right Oh, well, actually, I'm not using it. Right I'm using it. Okay. All right. Anyway, they can have multiple options. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the reason I, I got tripped up there is because I actually don't podcast 
on my home internet. I podcast on the 4G LTE Verizon network through my phone's unlimited data plan MiFi connection. And by the way, Verizon, if any of you would like to be a sponsor <laughs> of the Bob and Kevin show and throw me a freaking bone here, maybe some 5G. By the way, 5G does not cause COVID-19. I'm going to go on record and well, say that. I was just going to say we weren't using that nasty COVID-19 5G network but. <laughs> no i am no uh, anyway i would love me some 5g send some my way um anyway so <laughs> that's that's kind of the landscape of the internet and I, if i literally moved a mile away across the railroad i would have excellent internet but um elon hasn't returned my phone calls um allegedly he was he trying was to busy today yeah he was trying to shoot a rocket into space but <laughs> did he not check the weather i mean come on he could have called me but he didn't and you know he could have hooked me into the uh, starlink beta program which you know i'm totally willing to do by the way spacex if you'd like to be a sponsor of the you know <laughs> <laughs> can you tell i'd love a sponsor at this point okay enough sponsors can we talk about can we talk about the, the launch thing today because i know you're a little bit of a a rocket nerd. Yeah. Um, why do they pick Florida again? Cause that seems like they get that kind of weather all the time. Okay. Let's just play a, a little game here of facts. Yeah. So if you, if you could go to the North pole or the South pole and shoot a rocket up, you would have a problem because your goal here is to sh make it go around the earth that gets the most coverage. So if you were to shoot a rocket up from the North or South pole, you'd be very limited on which orbits you could actually do. So the closer you get to the equator, um, the more coverage say, equatorial proximity. Gotcha. The, because they shoot at like something like 56 degrees or, you know, uh, there's like an optimal angle that they shoot at so that you can get very high latitudes and very low latitudes in an orbit. Because what, some folks may not know is the International Space Station doesn't have full coverage of Earth. It does not cross every part of Earth. And it can it doesn't cross the poles. It goes up to a certain latitude and then it comes back down to a, a southern latitude and then all the way back up north. And it doesn't like a sine wave, but it it doesn't cover all of Earth. Um, the other thing is, is safety. Um, when you shoot east, by the way, the Earth rotates that way and a lot of all the most things orbit that way you're going the right direction because if the international space station is coming at you, you don't shoot at it. You shoot the same direction and then come up behind it. Right. Cause if you shoot at it, that may not work well, you know, whoops. You know, we, we, we parked the dragon <laughs> capsule to, through the living room of the <laughs> you know space station. Not good. <laughs> not good. So you, you know, you're, you're basically playing catch up and uh today's launch was a i think what, what they call it, an instant launch or point and they, they had to launch right at 4 30 instantaneous window yeah they had to launch right then because window. if they go too early or too late they may or may not be able to catch up or, with uh the space station where a regular satellite you've got to you know yeah, it don't matter we're not trying to hit a moving target necessarily uh we're taking the target up with us and then we can just you know adjust while we're there so you have a larger window so why do they shoot from cape canaveral another thing you got an ocean right there so you're, you're shooting the right yeah. direction you got an ocean because they kept saying the weather downrange the weather downrange because if they they pull the oh shit button and they they actually have to abort and they come back down those boys want to get rescued right they don't want to have to be in in rough seas and stuff like that. But it's probably allegedly easier or better to land in the ocean than it is onto land where God knows where you're going to come down. Um, you know, you could come down on aunt Sally's house or something like that, where we talked in a previous show where in China, they don't shoot somewhere rational and say, right. <laughs> they just shoot wherever. And then rocket parts just laying on people's houses. What the fuck? Right. It's like, okay. Lo location, location, location. Yeah. So what ifs? Um, a few things about 
some of the visuals today, like the spacesuits got way hipper than, you know, way cooler than what they used to look like. I saw right? some negative reviews though, too, which was crazy because I thought they looked pretty hip. They looked very futuristic. They looked like something ripped from a Netflix show. Like, man, that's like, that looks good. They, you know, I'm ready for my close up, Mr. Director. I mean, they looked good, those spacesuits. Well, did you watch? So obviously you watched the coverage then. Yeah. It was kind of like a Tesla commercial for four hours. Like they took a Tesla from like, you know, astronaut prep to getting dropped off of the rocket. Like, come on. Bob, if you <laughs> shoot a rocket up into space, you're going to get coverage. And when there's eyeballs, you're going to do product placement. It's just the way it is, right? I just thought it was very funny. <laughs> what I thought, and maybe this is foreshadowing, what I thought was kind of interesting is they like randomly cut to Air Force One flying over. I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah look look who showed up. Yeah. You know? They should be fast friends by now because they're kind of shouting the same ridiculousness into the... Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm on record. I'm a fan of Elon, but lately he's just been kind of uh, erratic. And I'm just like, oh, what's going on, Elon? Maybe that's why he doesn't return my calls. Maybe that's it. Maybe <laughs> me saying he's erratic, you know, may be, you know, offensive or something. I don't know. But yeah, um, he he's the modern day Tony Stark from you know the Marvel series where he's like, he is. But 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 Tony Stark was into weapons of basically mass destruction, you know, and technology. Where Elon's more into like weird, well not weird stuff, but okay, the weird stuff is like what he names his kid. Sorry, Elon. Sorry, 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 sorry. Please call me. Please call me. Um, and then <laughs> um, let's see. What else has he been doing? That's kind of, Oh, he's been selling all of his possessions and things like that. You saw that? Yes. Now, part of me is like... I don't necessarily know how well that's going, but yeah, I, I know I get he's it. trying to. And he's got this whole, I'm a billionaire and I don't need, you know, like things material possessions vibe going on right now and i'm like hey man i wish i could be that guy but i'm not that guy i'm still trying to get my first uh midlife crisis car i can't afford <laughs> you know i'm just you know I'm, I'm still trying to get those possessions i guess so i guess we're just in different did you hear his explanation on some of that though like it was almost like he's unwinding a series of silly decisions that he made earlier in his life, because some of the things that he's unloading are the houses that he purchased around himself to isolate himself. Yeah. He's definitely like, Hey, I'm this billionaire eccentric type and here's all my billionaire eccentric type possessions. And now I've named my billionaire eccentric type child, a weird billionaire eccentric name. And, you know, it's, yeah, he's not calling me. Um, so, uh, you know, it's cool to, you know, good on him. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. He's, he's just a little strange. It's just not my thing. So speaking of another dude that will never call us back, you mentioned that the great orange one flew through the, flew through the picture for his ringside seat for the festivities today. Right. Um, Apparently he had a little trouble with his friends over the tweeters uh, over the last 24 to 48 hours. Yes. Um, before we get there, I don't know why I thought this, <laughs> but how long will it be until it says Trump on the side of one of those rockets? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm I, it's a bet that I wouldn't take because it seems like it's highly likely. Highly probable. I mean, it is phallic not shaped. Highly likely, but it's large phallic shaped. And he just wants Trump on the side of it. That's all I'm saying. So, but I yeah. am surprised he hasn't repainted or put the Trump logo on Air Force One yet. So if that hasn't happened, maybe it won't happen here either. Maybe there's rules about that. Yeah, but the, but the rocket's definitely private. It's totally in play at this right. point. Totally he in could, play. Elon could strike a deal with him and it could just be a $1 transaction for all that matters, you know. All right. Like, yeah, we'll do it for a stunt. So, all right. So we're back to uh, the Cheeto. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm Freudian slip there. I've been eating a lot of Cheetos lately. I, I don't know why I made that uh, connection. Uh, moving on. So, Dear leader. Uh, <laughs> Dear leader. The leader um, is beefing with, with Twitter, finally. Um, 
but when I say finally, there's like some substance here because they've been always kind of like, yeah, well, that's he's newsworthy, so we're not going to censor him. And Trump's always been like, well, you're you're suppressing conservatives. And that obviously escalated like overnight. And I don't know. Yeah, basically overnight. It went from Twitter said, you know what? Um, all this information about voter fraud and stuff like that, mail fraud. We're going to go ahead and slap a label on here, basically saying it's misleading and here's some facts. And holy crap, I cannot believe they did that. Not because I'm offended that they did it. I just can't believe they actually found the courage out of some five and dime store and bought it and used it. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm kind of dying to know like what, how that transpired because they were so like, there's been a couple other things going on this week, like him bringing up. Uh, that senator's. Uh, oh, something about his, murder or something. Yeah, it's a really old debunked, like conspiracy that he was responsible for this woman's death and the woman's husband. Oh yeah, so it was Joe Scarborough was the guy, but the woman who who died, you know, she had a heart condition. Apparently, the the uh, autopsies kind of revealed an unknown heart condition. But the husband tried to get Twitter to take down Trump's post disparaging like the whole way that she died. And, and they said no. But then in the same breath, they started labeling his misinformation and disinformation tweets. It's almost like, a you know, when the NFL misses the pass interference call and then they're like, oh, we need a makeup call here. Make we, need to call. Get, we need Tom Brady to win this, guys. All right. What are we going to do here? All right. Hey, call holding. Call holding on the very next play. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. Cool. So I think, you know, maybe it's a maybe it's a make, you know, makeup call. But I did find it interesting I also find it way past due, and I also think that maybe they do just need to shut him down. But you and I have talked ad nauseum. Should a platform? They, but they have banned other users, right? Yes, they have, and they why and can't keeps, they ban him? Well, they can. The short answer is they can if they want to. Just like, hey, sir, that I'm sorry, we have a policy against that. Well, guess what? Change the fucking policy. You know, it's, I mean, it's just that simple. It's just words, right? It's a sign. It's like, hey, the sign says do not enter. Um, it's also just the sign. You can enter, you know, reasons. You know, so oh boy, you sound like a lot of people in the country right now. <laughs> oh no, oh god, <laughs> I'm not one of those. But we um, may not get to that today, but we may. But you and I have talked at great length. Should Twitter, should Facebook, should YouTube censor? And what they've been doing is riding the fence. And I actually heard a really good phrase over the weekend. It says uh, something to the effect that fence riders own no property. So if you're just riding the fence and trying to be diplomatic, you actually have no stake and you, you really don't have any substance. You know, if you're trying to, and I was accused of this many years ago, Kevin, you're just, you're just trying to take it and you're just trying to be diplomatic. Try, and a lot of people would say, well, that's a good thing. Be diplomatic. But it also, there's some things just like when stuff comes up, if you don't have like, a, no, this is wrong, you know, like some definite. Yeah, but Go ahead isn't there a very fine line between being diplomatic and basically fucking anyone for money? Because <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, there because is. Because Twitter's Twitter's not being diplomatic. They just don't want to make any enemies. However, Oh, you're right. They're, they're like, um, an arms dealer during a war. How do you make money? Sell yeah. to both sides. That's what you do. Right. Right. And that's why I always get really frustrated when the rhetoric fires up like, oh, all these social media platforms are pro-blue. You know, they're pro-democratic. They're pro-liberal agenda. Then like, nope, they're serving anybody that's going to write a check. They don't care what color your political party is. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that, too. It's all about the advertising dollars. Um, so Trump, he kind of escalated things. So so Twitter didn't really start things, but they definitely stirred the pot. Maybe, you know, they definitely escalated things when they threw this little disclaimer on not one, but two tweets. And yeah, then, just two tweets in the last 24 hours, right? Yes. Just two. Well, they were like, you know, it was like a thread. So, you know, tweet one, tweet two. Right. And then uh, he's like, oh, fuck that. Oh, we're going to we're going to regulate your ass. You know, of course, maybe you can find actual quotes. We're going to regulate you. We're going to shut you down. And before you threatened to shut down threatened to shut them down not anything that he can do first of all but right he did threaten to shut them down 
so Mr. Trump, uh, here's what, and he's, he's actually very, <laughs> it's going to sound like I'm in love with him. You are fake news. He's very good at a few things. And he actually takes a page out of the flat earther movement. It's not that you have to prove anything. It's like a lawyer. It's just you have to sow seeds of doubt. All you have to do is make people doubt things. And he's really, really good at that. Not that it matters, but I'm much richer. Oh, mail fraud. Yeah, yeah, don't trust that. Oh, yeah, the Republicans fixes it. You know, the Democrats, they created, you know, the virus. They just want the, the economy to die. All you got to do is uh, start the, the doubt. The Russians are very good at this. Social media is the is the absolute perfect medium for doubt. Um, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. We call it FUD, right? FUD, those three things are super, super effective because I know so many people that all they do is get their information from social media and they just, they have theories. Almost sounds like our podcast, but we'd keep it to technology. <laughs> <laughs> Hypocrite alert. Keep it, to, <laughs> yes. keep it to technology in air quotes because we drift a well, lot. You know, and sometimes I, I actually go, man, am, am I being one of these people am i am i creating fear uncertainty and doubt and what do we rant against or for um privacy and, and things like that i don't think anything that we talk about i mean it sounds conspiracy theory guy and and i i know uh you know some fans of the show will totally you know you know call us conspiracy theorists but i really think that no Facebook is taking your shit, <laughs> you know, Twitter really can read your DMs. hundred percent. There's, there's, yeah, you know, 100%. there's none of this. And then I saw, um, a, a, a typical quote. So Neil deGrasse Tyson usually says this, the thing about science is it's right, whether or not you believe it or not, you know, it's like, wait a second, I, I get the sentiment, but at the end of the day, who's deciding what's the fact? You know, well, you know, yeah, science is only right until it proves itself wrong. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I saw Scott Hanselman tweet uh, a variant of that today or yesterday. You know, fun things about facts is they're right whether or not you, you want to believe them or not. Well, the thing is, is what is a fact? And I think, again, we had another podcast in this. You know, what is truth? And um, Neil deGrasse Tyson had one of those master class. You ever seen one of those master class YouTube ads? You know, something I can't afford. I've seen the ads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's all I've seen too. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he talks about you've got political truth, you've got personal truth, and you've got objective truth. So when I say the sky is blue, which of those three is that? Is that an objective truth, a personal truth, or a political truth? I think it's objective. I would agree. But you know what? Because it's observed, right? Right. But you know what? I guarantee goddamn you a flat earther, you know, or something like that would come in and will, well, actually, and try to inject their fear, uncertainty, and doubt if for whatever reason, blue skies will make you not get elected. You know, mail fraud, same thing. It, um, whether or not you believe it's going to uh, voter fraud, it's going to happen more or less because of mail it doesn't matter at this point because now it's become a political truth that, oh, well, if you're Republican, then this is definitely true. If you're Democrat, well, that's definitely true. And then what's even more frustrating is COVID-19. There's no more objective truths or they're very hard to find because now, hey, it was created in a lab in China. Okay. How do, how do we know that? Do we? I, I really don't know. Should I believe that? I don't I don't want to believe it, but but it depends I read on that they decoded that they decoded the DNA. Scientists decoded the DNA and there's no way it could have been fabricated in a lab. Right. Okay. And then I'm not saying you're right or wrong, but which of the three is that my statement? Is it an objective truth? Is it a political truth or a personal truth? Some people say, Well, I believe it. Okay, that's a personal truth. That's a personal truth. President Trump could say it. Well, I would call that probably a, a personal truth and a political truth because it came from him. <laughs> if uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson or Dr. Fauci would say it, well, we might shade towards objective truth. But is it? So even though we can classify Just because things. Someone, with the, someone in authority has a personal truth that they share. Does that make it an objective right. truth? And so it's this principle, and I don't, maybe we should coin this principle. It's this principle that you can just play this fear, uncertainty, doubt 
and go, well, what is it that I want to accomplish? What, what objective personal or political truth is it that does not align with me? And how do we inject that FUD into that so that I can move people off of that thinking? And so social media, in my humble opinion, is the perfect storm for proving anything you want to true or put enough doubt into anything, literally anything. Hey, Bob, we're having this podcast right now. Are we? How do I know you're not recording? I think you're just a recording a video and maybe we're in the matrix. You know, I mean, you can play this fucking game all day long. And at the end of the day, coming back to the, the fence riders have no property at the end of the day, you can try to float and be like, okay, this and this, at some point you got to commit because something might come up and be like, okay, well, shoot, I've got a, a, you know, you know, uh, a face-to-face dilemma with COVID-19. Should I wear a mask or should I not wear a mask at the, at the post office? Well, fuck. If you're, if you believe in the Cheeto, they're not cool. And it makes you look like a dork and they I shouldn't wear one. <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah, uh, I'm fine. I just was tested, you know? And then there's me going, well, I was very positive. I, I tested very positively today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> swinging, to, of course, swinging toward the negative. <laughs> the press just wants to get a picture of me with a mask so they can, whatever. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, great. Or, or uh, now I'm really ranting, but, um, so, I, but when I go to the post, I have to make a conscious decision because now when I go there and I went there just today, you start getting stares. So we've now got a political truth about masks. We no longer, it's no longer an objective truth. I mean, we all want to, we want it to be an objective truth, but when I go there, people go, Oh, you must be a left leaning right. person. You're wearing a mask. That's, that's like a it's MAGA shifted. hat. That's like a MAGA hat for a liberal. And then if you That's why I love the mask that your mother-in-law made for me because it's got the stars and stripes on it and it makes people get really quizzical about like, the whole I don't political understand. truth. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a Republican, why are you wearing a mask, you know? So <laughs> So, you know, it's just like this weird quandary of where people now are like, you know what? I don't care if I get sick. I don't care. Because my president says, you know, yeah, we should be what I mean, it just turns into these personal, you know, actually, it's all three at this point. I believe that it won't get me. I my my party's leader says this and universal truth. Well, um, they said, don't wear a mask. Now they're saying wear a mask, which is true. You know, Okay, again, more uncertainty, more doubt. It's like, well, you know what? Fucking commit to something. I'm going to wear a mask uh, until I feel that I'm comfortable not wearing a mask. And right now right. when I go to the grocery store and most people are wearing a mask and I'm not, let's cause I have done that once. I'm like, okay, next time I'm totally bringing a mask. What the hell's wrong with me? <laughs> you know, so, so peer pressure, it's like, you know, all these things coming at you. Well, have you seen, have you seen the, the rhetoric where I'm not going to live in fear and that's like the, the thing for not wearing a mask. I'm not going to, I refuse to live in fear. So I'm not going to wear a mask. <sighs> No, I, I haven't. Speaking of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. <laughs> but that's what I really think Twitter's good at. It's, it's, I mean, you get the occasional, hey guys, I just graduated college. Yay me. Or, hey, I just got a job. Hey, yay me. Or, hey, I just lost my job. Retweets. Thanks. You know, great. Got it. But that's like 1% of Twitter now. <laughs> 99% right. of Twitter now is fear, uncertainty, doubt. What positions do you not like about the world? Great. Start throwing some foot on it. And we can, you know, this, this is your modern political grassroots movement. It's called FUD. I'm glad you brought it back to Twitter because I would like to play a little what if game. Oh, shit. Can you humor <laughs> me here? Yes. All right. So. Let's just say that dear leader, which he's known to do, will continue to up the ante and he will retweet or tweet things that continually get closer and closer, probably over the line that most people would get banned from Twitter. Let's say what if Twitter bans the sitting president 
in an election year. What happens next? Oof. Well, first off, this is a great plot line for Black Mirror. <laughs> so <laughs> let's start with that. Um, gosh, what? Because what would he do? He would totally right go ape shit. Given that he's already threatened to regulate and or shut down social media because it's so bad, which first of all would be political suicide because right. he's already spent millions and millions and millions in ads on Facebook. But let's say he gets banned. What does he do? He sues Twitter because the way I think this would actually work out is it go through the courts and it would go all the way to the Supreme Court and he would ask for an immediate relief, an injunction because of the impending election. It's not like, hey, we can get to court in two years from now. No, I need Twitter now. So that's going to be his argument. And so he'll get an, an injunctive relief right away and then it'll probably get fast-tracked as fa- you know, fast as it can through the courts. But as a private citizen, if I get banned from Twitter... I don't really have legal recourse if I broke their terms of service because they're a privately held company, right? No, they're not. You, you're 100% right. So the only reason things go to court is because, um, not because there's a something that's happened and we're just going to, you know, decide. I mean, yeah, some things do. You usually go to court, especially the Supreme Court, to decide something that's never happened before. So, and so you can set a precedent, which is, hey, this isn't a private citizen. This is the president, and he is um, leader of his political party, and his claim is that you're suppressing his his uh, right to um, spread his rhetoric. Even if he's breaking the terms and service of your privately held entity. That's the arguments that will be presented, and it's up to the Supreme Court to go, well, shit. We've got to decide. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so that's... Now, do you think that a cascading of events like that is kind of... Because I think we're both in agreement. Like, one of the things that he says is, you know, we're going to regulate social media. And I think you and I are in agreement that mutually we agree that, that that's a good thing, right? That social media shouldn't be the wild, wild west to be able to cater to the flat earthers and the anti-vaxxers and any of the other groups it should be well, regulated somehow well there's precedent this is speech this is this is no different than writing something in a book or in a newspaper or whatever your media because really the internet's just a medium so it's still free speech i regulation is difficult because we even got things like you can't yell fire in a crowded theater so there's there's no unbounded there's no such thing as unbounded free speech so again i think this goes to the supreme court because this is unprecedented this is technology that was this is a medium that wasn't around and a back in the day a book publisher didn't have a virtual monopoly on the newspaper or the or books you know newspaper and so now you enter in some of these virtual monopolies. And so I think this does have legs in terms of, well, he's got an argument. So I need somebody smarter than me to figure out what to do here. Um, I honestly think they should ban him because he's been giving the been given the longest leash of any Twitter user in the history of Twitter. And what he's essentially asking for is to be cut. I don't want a leash. I don't get a leash. I'm the president. And, um, (laughs) that's, that's the question. And then now we're going to come back to fear, uncertainty, and doubt. So you're going to have one side, the liberals are going to say, he shouldn't be able to do this. And they're going to do their own FUD and because on how it's going to be negative. And then you're going to have the Republicans who are going to say, Here's our FUD and why it's suppressing free speech. This is un-American. And it's just going to be the latest football moving forward, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, 100%. And I guess that my next kind of dovetails into my next what if. So we know that Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and I guess even Snapchat for that matter, um, he's actually on all those platforms. But they make money through timeline ads. Do you think that they are all mutually compelled not to ban someone like him from their platform because of the eyeballs and the ad sales? I mean, 
let let's say we 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 go we we play out the scenario. Twitter bans him. Then does the Republican Party and does the presidential candidacy stop running ads on Twitter in response? Like let's say they don't get the injunction. So he's uh, banned off the platform. I would go with Did, Facebook saying that political ads make up a small percent, I believe them, of, of revenue. So if Republicans say, hey, we're not going to advertise on your shit, eh, so what? But I, I honestly, I think the presumption might be incorrect. I don't think they will ban him. I think they, if anything, they will suspend him. Because if you ban him for life, that's kind of a finality. And then their only relief is court system. If you suspend him, say you're on a timeout, Donald, for... For a week, <laughs> only a did week. They publish their timeout. Did they publish their timeout schedule? Like first offense is like a week. I, it, I don't even think it matters. I, th- I think at the end of the day, they do whatever they want. Just like they say, well, we didn't. We're not banning him now because we do whatever we want. Hey, we need we need a, a reason why. Okay, hey, uh, oh yeah, yeah, public figure, uh, newsworthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that's our reason. So they will just find a reason. I think you know, to do whatever. Um, so I don't think they'll ever actually ban him. If anything, it'll, he'll get a slap on the hand because what, what excels on Twitter, Bob, back to your point, what, what kind of content? Well, controversial content, anything Extreme. that divides gets yes. eyes. Yeah. Yeah. So in a sick way, Twitter might need him. But does is that what Jack wants? I mean, is that what it's probably not tw- what Jack wants. But then again, what Jack wants and how they make money might be at odds as well. Right. You know. Yeah. I, there's a lot of business leaders like, well, I wish it was like this, but that don't pay the bills. So, you know what? What I really think Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube are trying to do is trying to be fence riders. They don't want. They don't want to own oh. the property of making these decisions because. Again, we've talked to great length. How do you decide what's right and wrong? You can't. It's all subjective. And when somebody comes at you and be like, well, we're making a non-biased fact check. Bullshit. Everyone's got an angle. Everyone's got an angle. Even the fact checkers got an angle. Fact checker. There's there's Republican fact checkers. and There's Democrat fact checkers. Come on, people. There's no. Well, we're independent. We are above all of the petty politics. Bullshit. Anyway. Right. So. I had another negative topic that we could talk about. <laughs> Do it. We got time. No, actually, I, I think I want to forego the negative one okay. and throw in one that we're both familiar with, but we didn't actually put on the agenda. Um, good friend of the show, uh, Joe Rogan, recently uh, signed a $100 million plus dollar agreement to be exclusive on Spotify starting in January. That was like September. Was January? Well, he's moving to the platform in September. Oh. Then his content will still be everywhere. But then come January 1, it's exclusive with Spotify, including the video of the episodes. Clips will still be on YouTube, but the full video experience will be on Spotify as well. So Spotify, do they How have How do you a- feel about that? Well, mixed. I, I have questions, so maybe you can answer okay. for me. Uh, does Spotify have a video platform? This was actually new information to me, but apparently they do have music videos, I believe, question mark. Interns okay. have to look into that. But uh, right. no, well, but let's... apparently part of their agreement was carrying the YouTube, not the YouTube, sorry, the live stream. See, I just turned YouTube into Kleenex. Damn All right. It. So what about <laughs> existing episodes and existing videos? Are they going to go away from YouTube? I don't know, but I believe that the existing full-length episodes will all be migrated to Spotify's platform and no longer house on YouTube. Oof. How would you like to be the guy to download all those? <laughs> Joe does, or Joe's corporation or whatever, between him and Jamie, I'm sure, they own most of the clip sites. So, like, are you familiar with, you know, like, they'll do small snippets mm-hmm. and they'll upload those not to the main YouTube channel, but they have separate YouTube entities. Right. And I think that's brilliant on their part because they're always fighting being demonetized because of the content or, you know, some of the stuff that they show or share in the episode where the clips 
they can be very specific and dodge the demonetization demon. So they'll still control that revenue stream for themselves, but then they'll have the exclusive, you know, 100 yeah. mil plus with... Yeah, and you can Spotify. double dip, right? Because if, let's say you had a full-length video, then people just wanted to see hear the sound bite, make that a clip, and you can make advertising on the full and the partial. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, so I think he's going to be able we to do get that? paid. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we? Spotify, well, if you'd like to <laughs> sign us to a deal, let us know. But overall, like, what are your thoughts on good for the industry, bad for the industry? I mean, ultimately, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's good for Joe. Well, uh, mixed feelings, probably. Uh, good for Joe. Fucking A. You, you, you cashed in, but you also sold out, <laughs> which is tight. I will totally I sell ask, out, so too. <laughs> totally would. So why do you think of that as a sellout? Because it's exclusive. Because it's no longer open. It's behind, I assume, a paywall. Yeah. Actually, no. The weird thing is you don't actually have to be a paid subscriber to Spotify to get the content. Yet. All right. Less of a sellout, Joe. All right. I like this. <laughs> you should call Bob. We should talk. <laughs> okay. So, um, But no, I, I've seen that flying all over like in the podcast uh, community that I'm in on Facebook, which has like 35,000 members or something like that. Let, think come on one. people who are like oh he's a sellout i'm saying it as a joke but yeah, why isn't that what most people are in this for most people are in this to get a deal right i mean right and they and they don't have to play the youtube game anymore i mean i think that i think that's worth 10 million dollars right there like they could have offered him 10 million less and he probably would have been like done yeah uh, <laughs> um so you know, when you get Joe Rogan's distribution numbers, I, I think, you know, what you, you've been paid. So I think if you're him, you're just like, well, I hope I still get the, the exposure. You know, I don't want my numbers to go down because I took some money because YouTube is the place to be, you know, for the most part. So, I mean, it's good for Spotify. Yeah, I would if they love get to know. Traffic. His, I'd love to know his download numbers, like through the podcast networks versus the YouTube numbers. Because YouTube numbers um, are pretty staggering. I also feel like, you know, we always talk about like the Wall Street, the 1%. Well, I think podcasting has the 1% and then the 99%. We're totally 99%ers. Well, There's very few people who are making a living at podcasting. You could probably name them Sam Harris, uh, Joe Rogan. Um, what's that one crazy Republican guy from New York? Uh, uh, yeah. He's always saying you got dumb, me on that he's always one. saying dumb shit. Uh, anyway, there's a, actually probably a handful of dumb shit Republicans. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> one of those, uh, a few of those. Um, so, but not very many people are making. So Adam Carolla. Um, yeah, he he started his podcast because he got fired from his day job. Right, he's just like, oh, I guess I'll start a podcast. And oh shit, people. He's truly the godfather of podcasting. I don't know of any or many like superstar podcasters who are named Joe John Doe, you know, at most podcasters who are like big time were already a celebrity. They already had a marketing appeal, a draw. I know there's some out there. I get it. Hey, what about this podcast? It's great. Yeah, I get it. Um, I'm sure. But the Joe Rogan 1% superstars, you know, uh, yeah, there's just not many. So do I think this is bad? No, I don't. Because is he taking money from you and I or anyone else? No, because none of us were in line for that. None of us. And uh, yeah, so I, I think it's good because it shows that Spotify, they're throwing money at it and they're throwing even more money at it because this is the second time at least, third time, that they've thrown money at podcasting. And if the first yeah. two times didn't bite you, you know... You know, the proof's in the pudding. If they're throwing 100 million at Joe Rogan, apparently there's something to this podcasting. Something that Bob and Kevin have not figured out yet, but, <laughs> you know, but somebody else has. So, did you see what happened to their stock valuation the day that they signed the up, deal right? with him? Oh, by, by billions. Wow. Like $2 billion or $8 billion or went up to $8 billion or something like that. So, for their investment of $110 million, their one day return on that investment was billions of dollars. Is Spotify like Scandinavian or are they like Swedish or aren't they offshore somewhere? Got me on that one. Okay. Fact don't checkers. Know. We need some fact checkers who don't bring their personal or political truth into the matter here. 
I'm going to say as a personal truth, they're a good old fashioned American company. Well, well, what do you think about Joe getting the cash? I, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's very good for him. I think it's actually very good for the industry too. Uh, for our show personally, Spotify has been a very good thing. You know, like that's where we kind of took our listenership to the next level was because we got into the Spotify catalog. Um, we have a couple episodes that do outstanding on the Spotify platform. And I was kind of hoping to see a bump in some of our other episodes that kind of relate to Joe Rogan episodes or recaps because of that news. Didn't see that bump that I wanted to, but I think in the long run, it does, especially for the handful of us that have a handful of Joe Rogan recap episodes. I think we stand to, to reap some benefit from this as well. And just even any podcast in general, I think if you get a listenership like his, which is so giant, I think I saw an article that the Joe Rogan podcast was the number one search podcast on Spotify for the past two years. And they, he wasn't even he's on, not it. on that. Yeah. Even though he's not even on that platform. So, yeah. um, That's so yeah, I think, I think overall it's going to be very good for podcasting. Anything like that, they, their money is thrown into it like that. I think it's good for the industry. So I think I've discovered that one of us or both of us should become celebrities and then we can get some it's definitely on my life plan become a celebrity get some actual guests here who are actually interesting and um yeah so i think that's our path to success i'm gonna go cry. six pack abs <laughs> six pack abs and become a celebrity those are actually two things that are on my list nice um oh <laughs> we did have one topic we didn't get to Actually, you had two topics we didn't get to. Shit. Yeah, we have several topics we didn't get to. Okay, well, but that's okay. I shall not do that because maybe we'll actually do another podcast one of these days. <laughs> right. Yeah, I actually do want to commit to doing another one next week because I do want to talk about um, some of the different work from home uh, propaganda that's been out over the course of this these unprecedented and uncertain times. Well, now I'm curious because I, I actually responded to somebody yesterday because they're like, hey my employer's making me work from home now. I want some money because now I have to get a better couch and a better desk. This bullshit. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing. I'm like, what? I don't know if the better couch thing would fly, but, uh, and then they're like ergonomics. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Ah, and I'm like, so what's the, like the natural progression of this? Should you make your employer buy your car? out because now you don't need it i mean it's just like all these like tangents. Right, show things. content okay show content <sighs> but that's a great teaser for next week because <laughs> i think because we have an older episode where kevin and i gosh was that even youtube or was that <sighs> podcast it was podcast Ooh, okay it was definitely a podcast where we used photos for our cover art but yeah we oh, had a yeah. we had an episode about work from home a while ago like probably two years ago and I think I'd like to revisit some of the concepts of that and some of the things that have been flying around because apparently if you have something to say about work from home in the COVID era, uh, people want to publish it. And there's just a bunch of shit out there. So yeah, that's what I want to cover next week. All right. And we got two other things on the list that we'll cover. I won't tease them in case we don't get to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And if we do tease something, we don't cover it. Call us on our bullshit. Reach out to us on Twitter which apparently that's our favorite one, but we do have Facebook and a LinkedIn and, and we have an email, but we'd never check it to be honest. Just, just yeah. totally being honest here. Um, yeah. And we, we would totally take a sponsor. I mean, Joe started with the flashlight. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I would say yes, but I'm also saying it's a non-zero chance that I would say, you know, no, I mean, I would, I would, <laughs> you know, flashlight, give us a call. I think we'd have a meeting. <laughs> yeah. We would I totally think have a meeting. Yeah. yeah. And I, and, and no, I don't need free product. I just need money. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, anyway, wow, this is getting weird. <laughs> Unless we could resell said free product still in original packaging oh god yeah <laughs> hopefully there's freshness seals on these things <laughs> getting getting out of hand here <laughs> wow that seems like the worst place ever to end this but uh also at the same time a great place to finish Alrighty, i know what the cover art is oh oh really oh, perfect because <laughs> no. i don't even know what the episode title is 
All right. Well, then, uh, till next time. Bye. Catch us out. Nope. That was terrible. Check us out. No. There we go. Do the Seacrest thing. Beatty Bar out. Beatty Bar out. Hey, have you ever wondered how you can get in touch with us at the Bob and Kevin Show? Well, first, you can try us via email at comments at bobandkevinshow.com. Or are you more into social? If so, you can find us on Twitter at Bob and Kevin Show. Or on Instagram as Bob N. Kevin Show. That's Bob, the letter N, Kevin Show. And if you're still on Facebook, you can even find us at facebook.com slash Bob and Kevin Show. And for the serious business fans, you can even find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash the dash Bob dash Kevin dash show. How's that for a handle? Let's connect.